What's up, former party people? This is Jerry, you know, the one who actually combs his hair on the A is for Alcoholic podcast. Now, if you're finding value in listening to the AIFA podcast every week and you want to support sharing it with others, we invite you to become a sustaining monthly or per show contributor. Go to patreon.com backslash AIFA. It's super easy and it only takes a quick moment. It's about as easy as buying one of those pre-cooked space chickens from the grocery store, taking it outside, giving it a big old kiss, and kicking it into traffic. (laughs) Why would you do that? Anyway, you do you, and I'll do me. Again, go to patreon.com backslash AIFA. And with that, people, let's start the show. A is for Alcoholic is a program about recovery. My name is John, and I'm an alcoholic. And my name is Jerry, and I'm an alcoholic. Join us as we go through the alphabet of alcoholism one letter at a time. I guess first, I'd just like to say thanks for coming on and and, and being a part of the, the big show tonight, today. Did you guys already kind of start rolling? Or are, you, are you still rolling? No, no, we're still conversating. John's just switching into his pro mode right now. <laughs> clicking well, over. Clicking over to pro mode. Um, yeah, I just, you know, I just like to let our listeners know what the hell they're listening to. Oh, Not God. Yeah. <laughs> NPR voice, dude. <laughs> NPR on all things considered. Um, A's for alcoholic. We're here with uh, Coda. He joins us again from Arizona, where uh, the sun is trying to kill everybody on the face of the earth. Oh man, it's rough. It's Are rough. you at regular one fifteens? Yeah, yeah. I mean, the the weather, the weather actually, we we got a little bit of rain this last weekend. We got a small little reprieve. It was like this mm. this little window last. I think it was last Saturday, Sunday, and and it cooled off. We actually got a little bit of monsoon activity, which is the first that we've had this year, and the only. And it didn't, you know. Yeah. I mean, it was a nice little like soaker of a rain and a nice little thunderstorm, and everything cooled everything off. Like I actually, I, I went outside, I think, I think it was Saturday night or it might've been Sunday night. Um, it did, it did both nights, but, but one of them was really good. And I was like standing out there watching the lightning and everything. And like, I almost started crying. It was just so <laughs> like this, this release, this, this finally the death grip kind of lets go for a second. It was just blessedly this cool, you know, the cool Arizona monsoon breeze, which is, really heavenly especially in hot summer you know and and so yeah uh back to extreme heat advisory it's going to be 113 today it was 113 today it's 110s we've had nearly it's going to be like near this this weekend will probably make it nearly one or into the 60 days of at or above 110 here in the valley so jesus hottest hottest summer on record so far Um, wow. You guys are having it pretty bad right now in California, too. I was watching the Weather Channel, speaking of which, just this morning. And L.A. is supposed to get to, like, 108 or 110 or something today, which is, like, that never happens. I mean, L.A. Right. gets oh, it gets kind of hot there sometimes. But, I mean, when is it 110 in Los Angeles? It's just kind of freakish. I mean, no. the whole South. Um, and, and then I was, you know, watching the weather. It's, like, it's at 101 degrees in Denver today. And, like, on Tuesday, it's going to be 36 like <laughs> this cold front's gonna come down from because of this typhoon and it's in south korea it like changes up the the jet stream or something and it's going to shoot all this arctic air over the west and it's going to cool down on monday and tuesday but like denver's going to get a blizzard on like tuesday night so it's going to go from, you know 100 something or high 90s to like low 30s 
And then you it, really like, locked shit, into the AccuWeather over there, aren't you? Yeah. Well, yeah, man. I mean, if you if you live in the desert southwest, you're you're looking for the end. You're looking for the light. <laughs> <laughs> And you, and you torture yourself because because it's like, you know, you want to see what it's going to be like today. But as soon as they start flashing the seven day outlook, you like you turn the channel real quick because you just don't want to see it. You know, I mean, you can't, you can't mm-hmm. bear the news. It was just like I, I, it's just it's hard. It's hard when they flash up that seven day outlook and it's just one thirteen, one fourteen, one fifteen. Oh, man. Know, um, one of the reasons I like to have you on here and I was thinking about this is is. I was talking to Coda the other week, and he was saying he enjoys listening to the podcast, but there's often times where he'll want to interject, and he's only listening, and he's like, hey, man, that's not how that is, or hey, I got something to say about that. And then he'll like, he, he told me, he says, I'll just turn it off because I can't interject. <laughs> yeah, I, don't want to I have to guys. get all frustrated, man. I'm just like, ah, I get all disgusted, and I turn you guys off. And I had... I had we got a comment from a listener and they said something about at the end of it and they were very kind and they were talking about how addiction translates into things like food and and different things but they were saying and I appreciate all of your he said ranting ramblings and musings and I was like yeah that's kind of sometimes what happens we just have these rambling musing conversations but um and also you watch us on YouTube yeah and the thing I like about Coda is that he keeps me honest, and he calls he calls out the uh, what was the it was Dude, oh, yeah Jack the John Bartlecorn episode. You're like, well, uh, you know, I mean, it's just right off the bat. It's like right in the beginning too. It's just kind of it, it <laughs> drove me kind of crazy. You're like, yeah, Jack London, uh, born 1876, died 1916. He was 60 years old. I'm like, dude, what math are you? <laughs> He was 60. He was he, wait. He was born in 1876 and he died 1916. He was 60 years old, huh? Like Johnny, come on, man. Like you're reading a cue card. Here. You can't do that. Now. Like, dude, man was 40 years old, dude. He was 40. Which, uh, uh, well, and thank you because it proves the point. Yeah. yeah Booze took him very early, even more so. Oh, but... look at this. This is the this is the turnaround here. This is it right here. This is. <clears throat> I mean, it just goes to show that, like, and especially living that hard that young, you it's you can't you can't last like that I'm, long. Like I said, you missed a really golden opportunity right there <laughs> off the bat. Like, Damn, but he was he lived a really you know long life, pretty good pretty good run, sixty years there, seventy six or sixteen. <laughs> <laughs> I didn't even check you, dude. My math is so garbage. I was like, yeah, sounds legit. That's it. Yeah. Yeah, oh, that's, six years? Fuck yeah. I, I, I got to call you guys both out on that whole review. Like, you're, you go through, I was just like, you know, I'm going to, I'm going to, I was thinking like, oh man, I, I was, I was thinking about getting John Barrio Corner and reading it, you know, because I like book club stuff like that. And like, you guys get to the review and you're like, basically, I mean, you, you spend an hour and then at the end you're like, no, total garbage. Like, guys. <laughs> Like both of you guys too, you're like, you go through how it kind of, you know, point by point. And at the end, you're just like, so if you're, you know, new to sobriety or whatever, don't read this. As a matter of fact, if you're like sober at all, or even long-term, like don't even bother. Like, you know what? Actually, if you're run out of toilet paper and you haven't, just like, you know, I'm a long book review about this, like a sober or, you know, supposed to be some points about sobriety or, or alcoholic life and what it'll do to you and just like you're just like man this book is garbage don't even bother i gotta own that too because i 
I might have set the whole tone for that because the whole time I was listening to it while I was painting, I was texting John and being like, this fucking book is annoying the hell out of me. <laughs> I was like, it was like, taking me off. And I would text him and be like, why are you making me read this fucking book, John? <laughs> um, I mean, the whole the whole point of the review is the book is garbage and you you really need to visit the state park in California. Like, yeah. Check out the state park. Don't bother with the book. This is why I need you here, you know? This is because I, I, I have, sometimes I do. I just start rambling and I'm not like, I missed the golden opportunity. Yeah. Um, no, you, you guys, I mean, the, the points that you did make, especially with, you know, uh, some of the stuff about, uh, you know, is his toxic masculinity and some of the, some of the other stuff. But, but I mean, that, that was time and place though. I mean, that was, mm-hmm. yeah. You know, yeah. Like you think about when that guy was alive, man, those, those guys were even, even though, I mean, and think about this too. Like that guy was, he was, you know, some of the adventures and stuff, they, they had to be strong and tough just to survive back then. Yeah. And second mm-hmm. off, the guy died when he was 40 from living rough and drinking. Like that guy lived it hard, man. Yeah. And he was a pretty tough dude. Like, you know, so you gotta sure. give him some points for like, man, kidney failure at 40 years old. That dude went at it. <laughs> I mean, it's just, yeah, it's, it is no joke. I mean, that's, that's like severe, deep alcoholism. And it was, I guess the big thing to take away from me, and I I guess it was just that there was no, there's seemingly no help. It was like, you just go into an institution if you admit you have a problem. And I think maybe that was part of why the book was written. And you, you read all these things, it's just filled with denial and it's filled with him saying, oh, well, I don't have a problem, but I couldn't stop thinking about alcohol, <laughs> you yeah. know? And, and focusing on the denial part was kind of key, too. I mean, mm. there's there's a lot of denial floating around these days, boys, and <clears throat> we'll have to do with alcoholism, man. I mean, yeah, yeah. You know? uh, especially, yeah. like, in the quarantine, people, I'm sure, I mean, alcohol sales have shot up. Yeah. People got nothing better to do, and slippery slope, and... Yeah. Yeah. I think it's, I, well, that, I mean, you know, I think, I think it falls one way or the other. There's also the, the people who are just like, who used it. I mean, and I see them like out in the street all the time or people have really gone, it seems like they've gone one way or the other. Like they've decided to, to like go the fit route, which is like, you know, I'm going to start doing all these things like exercising and getting things together. Like I never had the opportunity to do or Either it's, either it's either that or like I'm gonna fall off the cliff. Like I'm gonna, you know, and and you know it's it's there's a, there's a lot of that. There's a lot of people that have chosen like, you know, instead of just to kind of ride it out and try to hit the middle. Like there's they they've gone one way or the other. It's like mm-hmm. it's either climb the hill or fall off the cliff kind of thing. It's it's really weird, man. It's wow. a weird it's a weird dynamic. But everything is weird right now. Everything yeah. is. Uh-huh. I mean, I, you I know, don't. The last time I talked to you guys was I think it was like March. Was it March? It was right when all this was just about to get started, you know? Yep. So it's kind of yeah. weird to see you guys again and be like, wow, where are we at now? You know, it's it was weird. six months. Um, yeah, it was exa- It was probably exactly six months ago. Yeah, it was March. Um, mm-hmm. Yeah, it was, it was around the was time right my birthday. you guys did, you and Coda and Walter did the gluten is not your problem. And Walter was talking about fucking cheese or tortillas or some weird thing. <laughs> Oh, Cody yeah. was talking about how he had that little market he went to that still had toilet paper or something. Because I was listening to it on a run right at the yeah. beginning of all this. Yeah, mm-hmm. yeah, yeah. yeah. That's, that, that, that's right. Yeah. Well, you know, it's funny. Like, you talk about people taking using quarantine and falling off a cliff. Like, we didn't even need quarantine to fucking jump off a cliff. Like, I was I was ready and willing, like, yeah. every single day. Um, 
to try and, uh, you know, and, um, do you, does, has quarantine bothered you much Coda? Like, I mean, it, it, at, at first I, I feel like I was, uh, you know, um, it, it didn't at first it is, it is now. I mean, I, I'm definitely, I, I think like, um, uh, like a lot of people, that's kind of why I wanted to talk to you guys too. Like I'm, I mean here, it's not just the weather here. Like there's a mm-hmm. lot of things that are, you know, I mean, just everything in general. I'm I'm definitely struggling with it right now. I'm struggling with everything right now. I mean, being yeah. is, a, is is a daily struggle, and and the quarantine thing didn't really bother me that much at first. And um, I think like I told you before, like I've mentioned before, that you know, just getting sober when I did, I I sort of self like I I kind of checked out on the whole, you know, <laughs> like going mm-hmm. out and everything. So. My whole existence got really small, you know, way before, about a year and a half before coronavirus. And so at first it wasn't much of a transition for me because, you know, but but it's definitely been been tough, especially the last couple. Like I would say the last, I mean, a lot of it has to do with Phoenix, but July just mm. are just rugged. And this year was the worst. It's just the worst, man. And, and you have that coronavirus like hottest weather, hottest summer, nastiest summer on record, you know, since they started keeping records. And then, you know, Arizona's a weird place anyway, especially with an election this year. Mm-hmm. So, and and I and I think that people are a lot of people are very aware that that and all of the you know a lot of the pundits are saying that Arizona has the potential to be kind of one of those uh, battleground and sort of you know important states in this election, which. It never happens that way. It almost never shakes out where Arizona has, you know, any kind of um, sway. Yeah, or any. I mean, it's usually just sort of one of those, you know, uh, electoral college-wise. It really hardly ever makes a difference. But this time around, it could, and I think people are very aware of that here. And so there's a lot of tension here. I mean, and the fact that we were a hotspot, coronavirus, right? And supposedly Arizona is doing a lot better. However, that some of that is massaging of the data and stuff too. So you can't really trust anything that you're hearing from. I don't think you can really the the numbers and statistics that are coming out of the authority here are suspect, highly suspect. Um, Yeah. Yeah. Do you? Do you, you, know, you talk about struggling now that it's like it's been going on and on and on and on. Like, do you struggle with do you think about like drinking again? Does that cross your mind in any sort of real way or is it? I mean, every once in a while, not really, guys. I got to yeah. be honest. It, it's just in, in fact, um, if, if anything, it really um, I'm, I'm kind of turned the other way a little bit. Like it makes me just because of how um, how tense things are. And how potentially explosive they could be sort of is is where I'm at right now. I'm trying not to be too paranoid or negative about it, but there's always that um, in the back of my mind, or not really in the back of my mind, in the front of my mind. A lot of times, even when I'm out and about, you know, there's there's a. I mean, I don't know about you guys, but there's a general feeling, you know. I mean, there's a general tension out there when mm-hmm. you go out there that that you have to be aware of. And so, if anything, it just it makes me more. Um, it makes me really grateful of the fact that I'm just clear headed and as, as clear headed and as focused and as sharp as I can possibly be, because, you know, I gotta, I gotta tell you, like I, I'm as insecure as I was about, about being kind of foggy, you know, in, in, in my heaviest of heavy drinking days, like it was, it's just, I couldn't even imagine what it would be like to have that on top of all the rest of the shit. 
like, I would be a basket case, man. Like I would not be able to hold it together. I don't think. And so it makes me even when I think about like how, how, you know, ways to release the tension and stuff, I'm thinking about more like, gosh, I wish it was 85 degrees so I could go for a walk again, you know, like, yeah, <laughs> yeah. yeah, right. I really need to just not watch TV for 24 hours or pick up my phone and look at, you know, some of this stuff. And, and, and sometimes yeah. I have to do that anyway, but but a lot of my routine has been sort of interrupted that way. Like I, like you guys, for instance, you talk about, you know, you're going for a run and stuff like that. And, you know, your exercise routines, I haven't been able to do any of that stuff for like at least two months, more like three and a half months. Yeah. So, you know, if I'm not out there working in it, like busting my ass in it, like I'm, I'm just trying to hide from it, you know, and even the early mornings and the late nights or anything like that, no can do, man. Like it's just not happening. It's still Part 95 degrees. Oh, like that's 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 one of the things here. That's why it gets, it's been getting so hot. We have this heat island effect here in Phoenix. It's getting critical. You know, I mean, it can't cool down at night is the problem, you know. So. Mm -hmm. So, yeah. Uh, but, to, yeah, to answer your question, no, man, I really don't think about it too much. I mean, I don't I don't envy people that have to go because that's just another thing, too, is that that's just another, you know, it's just another hoop to, you have to go through. I mean, I remember what it was like. You remember what it's like to have to go. You got even when you're feeling your worst, you have to go out. You got to get that bottle, you know, or go out to the bar. You got to, you know, go through your r routine. And it's like any addiction. It's just it, it becomes an albatross. It becomes a really heavy thing to bear. Just that whole routine of that becomes hard to do. <clears throat> Imagine trying to do it in the middle of a pandemic. I mean, it makes it, it's it would be that much harder. Mm, and especially yeah. Phoenix, where you have to. I mean, the people that are out on the streets, I, I don't know how they do it. You know, I mean, I don't know how they do it, man. Well, I mean, it's you're fucking compelled to. I mean, that's that's yeah. what I when we lived together, I remember you like you would always be somebody who would even no matter how hard we were drinking the night before you would get up in the morning and you had this whole thing about going to get coffee and other stuff. Mm -hmm. And like yeah. you would get up and get out. And I remember thinking, oh, my God, I can't even imagine how bad he feels right now because I feel <laughs> horrible and I can't even get out of bed. And he's like getting coffee and cigarettes and. Like, you know, and ultimately at some point there would be an early afternoon beer if nobody had to work or there would be an early afternoon whiskey if people did have to work. You know what yeah. I mean? And like, you know, I, I, I don't I don't know how to break this to you, but that little morning run for coffee and cigarettes usually involved a shot or two. I mean, I'm not going to lie to you. Like, that was wow, hard to yeah. get up and go, dude. Like, I need to get up and get that hangover taken care of, buddy. This is the coda yeah. rolling down, coda rolling down to the top banana. Dude, to get <laughs> the top that, banana in the Viking. Yeah. Yeah, the Viking and the top banana, dude. Yes. Yeah, and those, oh. you know, thank God for the 6 a.m. open sometimes, boys. You know, yeah. I say mm -hmm. this, this whole was... shop with my friend. Yeah, I, I mean, I even remember, I don't know if both of you were there, but it was like one of these late ass nights of closing the bars down on Ballard Ave and then going to the um, 13 Coins. Oh, yeah. And sitting around, and then maybe Walter was there, maybe Jerry was there, I don't know. And then they're like, know. No. And then so I we never got there went like, to the 13 coins, but go ahead. Oh, it was like four thirty or five in the morning. And then finally, like we're ordering food and they can't service booze. And the waiter obviously knows what's yeah. up. And he goes, gentlemen, it's 6 a.m. Can I get you anything from the bar? And we were like, oh, oh thank God. Uh, yes. Yes, you can. <laughs> it's like a fucking angel, right? Like <laughs> basically like a. Irish up this pitcher of coffee, please. Yeah. <laughs> Getting a little so, surreal in here. Yeah. Um, 
Yeah, and I, you know, I wanted to ask Coda another thing because I got another uh, email from somebody who was, or it was a message on Instagram or something, and they said they were asking about a bandmate. They were asking about a friend, and they said that they had quit drinking and they had been sober for a while, and that their friend who had admitted to being an alcoholic, which I think all of us did anyway when we were drinking, um, and said, "Oh yeah, I probably need to get some help. I'm an alcoholic," but didn't really do anything about it. Um, and he was asking me, is there anything that I can do or say to that person? And the, the only advice I gave was you kind of just have to take care of yourself and be there when they come to it. Like, do you think that there is ever a point? I mean, we talked on the phone when I was sober and you were still drinking, but I never at any point thought like, oh, maybe I could tell him, Hey man, you should quit. Like that, that would crack through the wall you know I, I i don't think so the the only thing that i mean you can say you can say this and, and and your advice is probably really good advice you can say hey look man all you can do is tell them what you went through all you can my i i sort of i've had to say this like maybe once or twice too and it was just the sort of acquaintances that i you know from my old life and and the only thing that, that really you, you can say to them and th- these weren't even good friends you know really these are just people that i knew from bar you know, from the watering hole. And and all you can really say is, look, man, this this is just the decision that I made. This is me. I'm the one with the problem. I had a problem with it and I can't live with it anymore. So this is the route that I've decided to go. If you decide that you want to go, like I, I can help you out. I, I can tell you what I did. And, you know, I mean, there's obviously other people that you can get in touch with that can tell you what they did. But, you know, all you can say is, hey, man, if you want to if you want to do something about it, I'm here for you. And even if not, you know, I mean, you don't have to, you know, if, if they're that person who is especially in a bandmate situation, too, because that's almost like a working relationship. Yeah. And I remember, you know, some of my coworkers um, actually said things to me um, about my drinking, of course, you know, during the course of my employment with them. And it was it was kind of what and you know I, I had a DUI in 2010 and I had to you know sort of get on the wagon for about six months there, and I remember none of my coworkers said anything at all to me until that six months was over and I started drinking again because and they were like man it was real you know you you were really great to to work with for that six months you know <laughs> yeah like you know it was, it was sort of one of those things where it's like they didn't really say anything to me at the time you know they didn't say mm-hmm. anything me about going through it but when i you know jumped back off of the wagon they were just like gosh you were really pleasant and really efficient to work with. <laughs> isn't that amazing and that was probably <laughs> i mean would you say that that was a good period in your life or would you say you were miserable and couldn't wait to drink i mean did you uh, did you feel any of the benefits of sobriety in that six months or were no, you just I like i can't fucking wait till this is over I mean, that, that that truly was like the the epitome of the of the dry drunk is what you know i mean what what um, you know, people in the program will call it dry drunk. I mean, talk about white knuckles. Like it was re- literally yeah. grit my teeth. Like, all right, I'm going to do this only because the court is going to throw me in jail if I don't. <laughs> I, I told you that story, man. I graduated from that program. Finally, I got it done. I got on the bus and I got off the bus in front of the Viking and I walked into the Viking and got canned. Like, I remember this story, dude. I remember this story. Clearly. That six months couldn't go by fast enough. Mm-hmm. It was over. Yeah. I was like, I was like a kid getting out of school when you're in like. <laughs> <laughs> um, school's out forever. Yeah. <laughs> Dude, <laughs> it's a great feeling, right? I mean, at least that's what we think. 
Um, it's just that huge release because we pent up all of this frustration and anger and resentment. And you're like, now I don't have to feel it anymore. You, you yeah. Know? Well, I mean, it, and it totally, I mean, like I said, I, I did, it was under duress, you know, it was definitely, it mm -hmm. wasn't, you know, it, it was, it was to fill my obligations to, um, you know, to the, to the, uh, you know, King courses. County. Yeah. No, well, <laughs> at the time, at the time it would have been King County. Yeah. King County. Yeah. Also. And so, so let me ask Jerry this question for you. Um, when, when you were drinking, and I always, when I look back at my drinking, I never saw sobriety as a way out. I never saw recovery as a way out, AA program, any of that stuff. You grew up with parents who were in the program. And did you ever think like, well, I will one day be there? Or did you think that was never an option? Um did it ever occur to you while you were drinking that this program that had saved your parents' lives would was something you could do too? Dude, it's a good it was, question. I've always wanted yeah. to ask you that too. <laughs> yeah, you know what it was, and it's 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 a selfish answer, but it was always my escape pod. You know, I always looked at it like that was my 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 lifeboat. Like I was like, if this gets too hairy, there's always the program. Do you know what I mean? Like I always did look at it like an escape pod. It was that was my nuclear option was going to AA and getting sober. That was like it. That was the button. Because in my mind, as soon as I've made up my mind to do something like that, it's really hard for me to not um, sway from that course. So I was like, this is my nuclear option. This is when I want to burn it all fucking down. I'm going to AA. So, yeah, it was an option, but it was like definitely like way on the bottom of the list. Do you know what I mean? Like I was like, OK, I'm going to try to not drink for a few days and then I get to see what happens there. And then that didn't fucking work. Do you know what I mean? And I would go through like all my different options until I got to the bottom and was like, this is too hard. I said, I'm pulling the plug. Party's over. Everybody out. Last call. Yeah. 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 I mean, so that, yeah, the resources I there. Too, I, just because, you know, I always thought, yeah, I mean, yeah, I always wanted to ask you that, Jerry. Like, yeah. <laughs> and, and, and the other thing, the other question, uh, can, can I do a follow up question to that, John? Uh, when when you um when you when you did decide to go did did you consult your dad or mom before you went to meetings or did or you know how did, how did that go well that I, a... yeah dude i called my dad i had like five days sober and i called my dad and i said i think i'm gonna quit drinking and then he kind of laughed and went oh you think <laughs> you're gonna quit drinking huh and i said yeah dad i got about five days i haven't had a drink and everything's gone to shit. And then my dad laughed to himself again. And he goes, all right, well, are you going to white knuckle it? What are you going to do? And I didn't understand the term. And so I'm like, well, what do you mean? He's like, are you just going to fucking hold on to the edge of your seat and try to make it as far as you can? Are you going to go to a meeting? And then from there, I was like, well, I guess I'll go to a meeting. How do I do that? And then he just kind of told me what to like how he did it. Yeah. And he's like, you know, it's always good to find someone to work with them and all this stuff. And so, yeah, I called him. I didn't call Leanne. Because Leanne yeah. just would have yelled at me. <laughs> <laughs> I mean, she would have yelled at me in a loving Leanne way. But she would have been like, get your fucking ass to a meeting. What the hell's wrong with it? You know, my dad was real. But my dad was like, oh, so I knew. Like, I think my parents were like, I knew this day would come. Yeah. Because yeah. they they definitely enabled me. And I'm not saying they were bad people. They're doing what parents do. Like, you love your kids. Like, you want to give to your children. <clears throat> then there, I think they were like, oh, shit, Jerry's 
way off the fucking way. You know, he's way off the fucking reservation here at this point. You know. Yeah. yeah. I, I would have. You know, I would have thought that they probably would have recognized that at your wedding too, especially the company you were keeping at the time. Like, so we funny. presented too many red flags to Dude, ignore at the time. <laughs> I watched that video too last year on our 10 year anniversary and was just like, what the fuck? That's crazy. But it's funny because my parents knew we were all drunks. They like mm-hmm. knew it, but they're not making any judgment calls. And they would always say like, you have such good friends though, Jerry. That's the thing. You yeah. guys like party, but you have really good friends. I mean, they always said that. My mom was like, you guys are canals. She's like, you guys are all brothers with each other. You like to party too much. That's what you'd say. You party too much, but you're all <laughs> yeah, that's, yeah. Well, that's, oh. that's a nice way of Leanne saying you guys are <laughs> jackasses. Yeah. Well, yeah. <clears throat> um, and yeah. we were all there. This is like 2009. Yeah. At your, at your wedding in May in Arizona, and it was hot enough already then. And um, but I remember, I it never occurred to me once to be like you know, talk to your dad or your mom and ask him about quitting drinking. It was just like, how much fucking partying can we squeeze into this next four days or well, five days or however much it was? Why would you, though? We were in the Tempest. Like, why would you be like, you know, Jerry Sr., I'm thinking about quitting drinking here in this fucking stained <laughs> yeah. seersucker suit that I've been wearing for three days straight. <laughs> Basically. Yeah, right, right in the middle of, uh, you know, just like the, you know, Jerry's wedding of all places. Like, it never crossed my mind. Not even no. once. I mean, no. Uh, And I knew, I knew that they didn't drink and it was just like, whatever, that's just something that they do. Like nobody who needs that, you know, like that's, yeah. Yeah. But it's just, and I guess I bring that up only because of how blind I was to all of it, to the whole like concept that there was even a problem because it wasn't, I mean, and Coda, you brought this up that we had a lot of good times and there was a lot of fun to be had and not to dismiss any of that stuff. But we each individually had some pretty severe emotional, spiritual, physical, fucking sociological problems going on. Yeah, I mean, I I guess so. I, I I'm not gonna I'm not gonna <laughs> deny that we did. Um, but but at the same time, I mean, I don't know. I I I don't know. You, you're right, of course. Um, but, but at the time, we were still somewhat bulletproof, you know? I mean, yeah. there was still a little bit of that. Um, I don't know. We, we still we still had some juice, man, some of that youth juice running around. Yeah. Things, I think. Some of it, of course, is going to be, you know, a little bit of denial, a lot of a lot of denial. But, I mean, I, I, watching, I can think of, you know, that in that video, there's the part me and you rolling down this dirt road in that rent a car dude and somebody in the backseat has a camera like clearly clearly first off like i shouldn't be behind the wheel and second off like i, I don't know there's but but there's something about that that scene where, where it's you you and i just kind of you know saying what we feel to jerry because i don't think you're yeah. I don't think jerry was in the car but no i wasn't and, and mm-hmm. uh, i know exactly what you're talking about too. but there's, there's there's some of that like some of that uh some of that youth you know some of that um, that invincibility yeah. that mm-hmm. we had, you know, back then, that we still had in 2009, which, you know, I mean, it seems like a lifetime ago. Um, yeah. yeah. 11 years ago. I mean, uh, but but in that 11 years, you know, a lot's happened and a lot of uh, realizations have been come to, you know, and that's, mm-hmm. yeah, it is pretty, I mean, that's, that's why it seems like such a long time, I think. I don't know. <clears throat> I had fun, dude. I had fun at that wedding. Even watching the video, I'm like, I'm having a good time. 
there's moments where I'm being cringy as fuck though, and I'm like, yo, that's mad cringy. But I wasn't watching it like I was in pain, like, what have I done? I was like, I have blast, dude. I just did some cringy ass shit that I probably wouldn't have done sober, but whatever. Yeah. I mean, I don't know. I mean, there was a, because it was your wedding though. There, it's not like it was just this um, debaucherous fest. There was right, a, exactly. We, we we had a lot of responsibility that weekend too. So there was, you know, there was lots of moments of lucidity in there. Um, or sure. where everybody was, you know, we had to go through the rehearsals and all that stuff. I mean, it wasn't as, I mean, if, if you, Jerry, if you'd got married in 2001 instead of 2009, like that mm-hmm. shit would have been like a complete disaster. Yeah. <laughs> what would have happened if we were 10 years younger, even if we were yeah. and one of us would have tried to get married and do something somewhat serious then, it would not have turned out well. <laughs> you know, yeah. Talk about cringy, man. It would have been a disaster. Yeah. But, um, but yeah, uh, you know, uh, there there was you know, we 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 had jobs to do and stuff like that. You know, um, we all had tasks. Had to flatten the flatten the ground, dig up the ground for the dance floor. So fucking hungover. Oh. We had to hang up all those signs so everybody could find that place. You know, so they didn't get lost out in the desert and get picked up like the immigration or whatever. You know, I mean, that place was not easy to find, dude. No, no. Um. And I think, too, you know, you talk about it being 10 years ago. And so that puts us all at like 33, 35, 37 Mm -hmm. or something like that. And there's this pattern. And I think that, Jerry, that I've heard your dad talk about it. And I've heard other people, maybe it was Mark Marin, talk about there's this period that a, a lot of people come to the realization that the alcohol and drug abuse is not working somewhere in their late 30s and early 40s. Like that's when... I think the thing that brings uh, that brought me to a halt in a lot of ways was that my physical body was no longer able to sustain the amount of booze I was putting in it, even just like four or five years prior. I know it's weird, man. <laughs> I, I think I think that's absolutely right too, and it and it's um yeah, I I know that's part of it for me, man. Mm-hmm. I, it's just I just couldn't, you know. I mean, there it's just it's it's basic human physiology eventually you know you hit your 40s you know that youth juice that i was talking about man it kind of <laughs> your metabolism slows down you, i mean it's just a it's 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 nature man it's facts like it, it's you know it's bound to catch up with you and it does like ask jack jack london man you know he he kicked over at 40 you know right yeah. that guy's gone you know so yeah there's something to that for sure um yeah for sure man which is not to say that like 40 is the end of the road, at least not nowadays. I mean, I certainly I deal with my own particular ailments, but that comes from just my overexertion. So there's a certain amount of aging and there's a certain amount of like it just takes longer for me to heal when I hurt something. But like I'm in the best shape I've ever been. I would say that, you know, probably all of us are definitely yeah. what's 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 up with your back though man what what, what happened there you give give your back a little tweak uh mr <laughs> what, what was the what was the topic about you don't have to be drinking to act alcoholically sometimes you know <laughs> basically session with a uh, physical exercise there johnny <laughs> dude he's definitely fucking taking it too far dude oh you, gotta, uh-huh. you, realize, you know you're you, you you are probably in the best shape you've ever been in but that's no reason to get all like you know no reason to go Iron Man triathlon. Yeah, <laughs> dude, it's like I'm gonna do 100 push-ups every day for 60 days, and I'm like, dude, you're crazy. You're gonna hurt you're gonna yourself. hurt yourself. I'm like, you need a day of rest anyway to get to build muscle. You gotta rest at least mm-hmm. every 
every day at least once a day or every other every 24 hours you rest but i was just like john is definitely fucking halo halo topping this shit like when he gets all he's getting wild on ice cream dude like he was going I to ice cream to. benches and then he's replacing it now with push-ups which is a positive thing but also still right yeah. but you, you i mean you do have to realize too you have to have to watch out man because it can creep up on you like that like next thing you know you'll be running 100 mile marathons and i'll be like dude i don't even recognize you who are you <laughs> well, I mean, that was one of the things that started me off on the. I saw this video of this kid who, who, well, he was also, you know, younger than I was, but he, yeah, it was like 25. A, yeah, basically, but he did 100 miles in 48 hours. And I was like, dude, that's fucking amazing. But then you see him at the end and they're just withered and worn oh, and yeah. like done for. So, yeah. And you can't tell me that's not going to come back to haunt him when he turns 40, when he turns 45, you know, right. like the abuse, you know, it's, it's, it has a cumulative effect. Yeah. So I think what, what you're saying is balance is really important. Yes. Well, right. like moderation, discipline, you know, that, that episode mm-hmm. of South Park, you know, that has to do with mm-hmm. Randy being an alcoholic. He doesn't have right. any discipline. You got to, you got to, you discipline. We're well, getting it's a push-up true. intervention, dude. You're getting a push-up Base. intervention, dude. Oh man, I'm just like, like I said, this is one of those things when I'm listening to your guys' podcast or watching <laughs> you on YouTube, where I'm just like, uh, "What do you mean, John hurt his back? He's oh, okay, I'm turning this off right now." Like, <laughs> right, walking away from this podcast right, right. now. I love. I I don't know if anybody else feels that way, but I love that one of the few subscribers is like, "I'm fucking done with this after 15 minutes." 10 minutes. <laughs> no, I always come back and finish it, but oh, I have okay. to, like I have to give it a break. Like I have to be like, can't I can't do this right now. I just can't do it. Like I. Yeah. And, and, and basically, what happens is that I'll go away and I'll think about it for like five minutes, and I'll lay out in my head like exactly what I was gonna say, and I'll be like, "Yeah, yeah, that's an awesome point. Yeah, that was good. That was good. That's exactly how I'd say it." And then I'm just like, all right, I'm over it. Go back and start mm-hmm. it. Yeah. But yeah, you're absolutely right. And I had to, I ended up like this whole week has been me doing absolutely nothing. I was, I had to take a couple days off of work and literally just lay in bed because that's how badly it hurt. Yeah. And so I was like, well, I need to just do less and work more on, I was trying to like push myself too. And I've been trying to get more flexible. Yeah. So I had this little, like this little pre-run yoga sequence okay and one of the one of the stretches i was like i think i can go further and i was like oh geez well i couldn't and i tried to i tried to stretch like my back a little bit too far too fast and it's like just just sit in the stretch that feels good rather than trying to like pull it out of fucking you know like that's what i did i pulled a muscle in my back yep that's that's what you did buddy you tried which which is different from when i when I was the door guy at the rendezvous at a bar, when I was the bouncer, at a, I wasn't really a bouncer because there wasn't a lot of fights, but I checked IDs. Um, and I remember I pulled a back muscle from sitting on a fucking bar stool for seven hours <laughs> a night. And I just, and so like I couldn't, and I remember it hurt so bad uh. and I didn't have a car and I walked like six blocks to the ER and then my mom had to come pick me up. And basically, I had to sit in this lazy boy and sleep in this lazy boy chair for like three days for the muscles to relax enough. And that was just from sitting on a bar stool. Yeah, I mean, that's, that's a different kind of injury. That's that's a I mean, that's that's an atrophy kind of injury where you know, <laughs> or, it, no, it happens. I mean, you, if you uh, see yeah. people that sit in cubicles actually end up, you know, sometimes they hurt themselves because they 
you know, they sit in this one position for so long that it gets locked up that way. And then you move like just slightly, you can bend down there, you reach in your pocket to get your cigarettes out of your pocket and twist the wrong way and mm. pop something out because those muscles are just frozen. You know, I mean, they're just basically, and they're, they're not strong and they're weak and they're atrophied and you hurt them really easily. So that's what happens there. What, I mean, stretching and your yoga thing is a different thing. That's like you said, it's pushing, it's taking something and trying to push it too far, too fast because you're getting a little bit upset, obsessive about your, you know, your workout routine. So, um, and believe me, I know I've been there, man. Like I, I, you know, that I, in, in fact, I, I did find that cast really helpful. And I think it's really helpful to people, um, who are getting sober is to think about other things in their life in, in, you know, in the ways of, you know, don't have to be drinking in order to act alcoholically is a really great concept to apply to other things in your life as you go through the journey of becoming sober. Because I know I did. I mean, I went through a phase with soda pop, like especially when you guys were talking about sweet teeth, like right off the bat, like I was, dude, I was like super, I mean, as, as, as hardcore as I was with my drinking, I was just as much with my soda pops, my thirst busters. Like I went through two of those <laughs> three a day. And I did that, and that's another thing why my teeth, why my grill got all eaten up so fast when I stopped drinking. Is like, man, I was on the soda pop hard. Yeah. I went through a phase with Adidas shoes. I have a whole freaking closet full of Adidas shoes that <laughs> I never wear. Never. I don't even, there's not enough time in my life left for me to go through all those goddamn shoes. Serious? Yes. You just, so you just went on a, you were, you did the retail therapy. So I, went, I, I went through, I went through an online, I mean, I have like, I have, you know, several pairs of really expensive because all sunglasses that I never wear and that you like and, and like three or four just track suits that, you know. <laughs> Wait, I want to interject on the Kazal thing because Coda and I, when we were roommates, had this joke about if we ever got rich, Coda's like, if I ever get enough money, I'm going to roll down here in a fur, fur fucking coat and a pair of gold ass Kazal frames. And he was, it was back in like 99, like Dude, in 99. I, I, I have a really nice pair of gold Gazelle frames See, here. I, I, I fucking know. knew it. Back in 99, it made me laugh so hard to think of Coda coming down like Run DMC, like just coming <laughs> in our shitty townhouse apartment, just walking down the stairs being like, damn, hit it. What's up? But I got like, a really nice pair of Beast and Kazals, man. So, Jerry, you beat, the, you beat the soda thing. You're on the Coke Zeros now, right? Well, you... I mean, I'm still drinking like, you know, three or four of these a day. So no, I haven't really quite beat it. I just moved from one animal to another. You know, I went from like beer to near beer. I'm just right. Yeah. Yeah. So, but that's, that's my thing is diet mm -hmm. Cokes, dude. Yeah. What, yeah. How did you, did you, did you quit drink? What caused you to quit drinking soda? Coda? Oh, I, I mean, part of it was my teeth. Um, they, they really started acting up on me, but you know, I, I don't know, man. It was it was this, the same thing with the nicotine. I just got fed up with it at one point, and I was like, "Look, I, you know, man, mm -hmm. I, I, I have quit heroin. You know, mm -hmm. I, I have quit intravenous drugs. I have quit booze. Yeah. Like there is, it's, it seems, and, and this was my sort of thinking. Was like I can't, I can't. It, it's almost like a, you know, the half measures avail you nothing kind of thing. It's like I got to take this all the way. I have to take, you know, I have to. I have to stop doing that because it's, you know, the nicotine, especially it was like, you can't, you can't go through, you know, you can't quit all of these things and then leave this last straggler here. It makes, it doesn't make sense. It's not a full set. It, it made me obsessive a little bit. It's like, it's like, you know, collecting baseball cards or something. I, there's one team member missing here and, and you know, I, I gotta, mm -hmm. 
I, I can't, I can't, you know, I can't let, you know, let it hang on. And basically it was just, it was just me getting pissed off about it sort of thing and letting my, you know, letting my natural instincts to obsessive instincts to kind of go at that problem a little bit. And, mm-hmm. and, and a lot of it, like I said, was my teeth too. It was like, man, this is, and it made me feel, it made me feel crappy. Like eventually the, the sugar rush gets to you a little bit, like that cycle of that's not good for your body either. Like it, I get to the point where I, I would notice it where if I, you know, I get hungry, like the hypoglycemic thing would start to kick in. Every time I get low blood sugar, I'd get super owly and bitchy at everybody. And like, yeah, every, like I'd be in a super bad mood when I'd be hungry. And it was just like, cause my body was used to this whole sugar caffeine intake thing. And if that cycle got interrupted or, you know, whatever, it would just throw me all out of whack. And I just didn't like it anymore. You know, it just definitely started to mess with me. Mm-hmm. But like having, having your teeth hurt, I mean, there's lots of things that will get you like tooth pain is one of those things that will just like, it's, it's really, you can't ignore it. You know, there's nothing Yeah. like you have to get it fixed. You have to do whatever you have to do to fix it because it just makes your life so miserable. Yeah. And it's just so yeah. miserable. It's a very special circle of hell, dental pain. It like is, yeah, it is. Dude. Um, and especially I know that I've, I've got, that was part of sobriety too for me. And, and I know that you, you've talked about this and you called me, we've had conversations about, you know, um, and we don't realize like the damage we do to our mouths and our teeth by drinking and smoking so much. And it took me, it took me like, and thankfully I, even with the insurance that I had for like the two years that I would go get cleaned and then get this one capped and then I'd run out of insurance money. And I still spent thousands of dollars to get all these fucking teeth they're all, I put them all on credit cards. Right. You know, but right. so damn, but it was like thousands of dollars to get all my teeth fixed from all the damage I had done over the years. And it's like, you, I, there's also, it wasn't until I had my own person, I had a personal pain yeah. that I went and got the, got the problem fixed. Right. I know it's, it's really easy to go. Like I went through all this shit and you tell people like, please, please, please don't do what I did. You don't have to, there doesn't, but it seems Maybe it's the alcoholic, but and it has to be so personally painful for me to go, okay, I need to make a change. And yeah. only then do I like really jump into it. And like you said, go, you know what? This is bullshit. I hate the way it makes me feel, whether it's heroin, Diet Coke, or a fucking bag of almonds, you know? Like, <laughs> <laughs> I mean, Jerry, you don't, I, you, you, you seem to have found, and maybe I'm not, maybe I'm speculating here, but. You seem to have found a little more middle of the road contentment with things. Mm. I don't I have, know. Am, am I, I wrong? Have rules. No, I just have <laughs> rules. Okay. Dude, it's just like my alcoholism. I mean, I feel contented, but even in my alcoholism, I had rules. So now I just have a different set of rules. Do you know what I mean? I don't drink more than four Coke Zeros in a day. I If I do, I get real pissed off at myself. It was just like when I was drinking and I was like, I don't drink before I tattoo. I won't drink any. I won't even have a beer. But I'll come in hungover and tattoo. So it was. Uh, yeah, it's just I have little rules. I just measure things a lot. I probably drive my fucking wife crazy, dude, because I'm always measuring. I measure. I'm like, he has discipline, John. I have yeah. discipline. I'm like, I'm only gonna. I'm literally only gonna eat ten Doritos, and I will. I'll eat the. T- I'll savor all ten of those fucking Doritos too, like a man <laughs> on a fucking 
desert island, dude. But <laughs> I just have rules. I'm still addicted to nicotine, and I'm like pretty addicted to caffeine too. But mm-hmm. and and I vape, and I lie and tell myself all the story. Hey, man, this vaping is not as bad or whatever. And I don't know. You know, it's a new thing, so who knows if it's not as bad as not? It's probably not great. I, mean, I can run five miles, so I know I couldn't do that when I was smoking. But you know, I, I'd like to kick the nicotine one day, but those are the rules too. Like I plug into vape at night in the other room. And as soon as I go to bed, I don't bring the vape in the bedroom with me. Like I have lots of rules, lots of discipline. discipline. Yeah. yeah. No, no that, I, I got to tell you too, the nicotine thing. I've, t- I've talked to you about this, John. It's it's like, you know, of, of, of all of the things that I've quit, you know, that's, that's definitely, it's the hardest, man. No joke. It's the hardest. For me, for me it was the hardest. Like, are you done, done, done? Are you yeah. completely oh, smoke yeah. free? I, I haven't. I haven't. I put the I put the the, the vape down. Uh, was it June first? Wow. Yeah, June. Damn. Wow. Congratulations, so, dude. Yeah. And in a pandemic, I in a year. Last last uh, last September is when I put down uh, the tobacco. And then I got on the vape, and then I the vape is done, done, done. And I did. I I straight up cold turkey it, man. No nothing. Ooh. Just straight up like. It was the worst. And what was that? What was that like? Go go through go first. through that a little bit, please. <laughs> I'll, I'll this is important. Through it, I'll, let me let me just tell you about like the the first forty eight hours are like going insane, every five minutes over and over and over again. You go you go totally fucking bonkers every five minutes for the first forty eight hours. You lose your goddamn mind. It's the hardest. It's the hardest mm-hmm. shit. It's it's a constant. I mean, it's it's at the end of that first forty eight hours, I felt just like worn out just totally beat you it's exhausting it's exhausting it's mentally exhausting to go through wow. that. fighting yourself like fighting yeah that addiction for like that's basically what you're doing is battling the biggest monkey that you've ever you know i mean it's just it's awful it sucks but i'll tell you this it gets a lot easier after that like the first mm-hmm. three days the first two days are the worst after the third day it's it's like the I, I don't I don't know exactly what it is. It's like you can't lose your mind anymore. You finally kind of after that it's a war that you can win. The first three huh. days it seems like it's just it's absolutely hell. Um, but after after that it, it gets easier. It gets easier every day after that. At the I would say that at, at the end of the first ten days you're um, you're in pretty good shape. If you can make it ten days, then you're pretty much over the hill. They say twenty-one is when you know physically that it's over with, but I still, I mean, I still have the thing that's the really that's the real pisser about nicotine is I still find myself almost daily, at least once a day, I'll go sure could go for a cigarette right now. Yeah. Whether it's whether it's because I get in the car or after a meal or a lot of times it's at work where I'll be at work and, and I'll complete a task. And that was always my thing at work was whenever I would complete a phase of the day or complete this task, I would always reward myself by going out and having a puff. And so like there's there's this part in the day where it's automatic, it's autopilot, where I'll finish a task and go and immediately my brain will go, cigarette, nicotine, cigarette, nicotine. And mm-hmm. go, Dude, you, you don't you don't do that anymore. I have to remind my brain like Hey, stupid! You don't do that. <laughs> <laughs> you gotta kind of grab them by the collar a little bit. And... Yeah, like my brain's totally—it's—it still does that, and and it, and it's not in a bad way either, because my brain just goes it it, it like I, I Homer Simpson like oh, awesome. mm-hmm. you know like it doesn't, and I'll smell it like I'll be uh, in traffic or something. I have my that's it crack. right there. And somebody, somebody, I can smell that, you know, even somebody like four cars away will be smoking a cigarette. Yeah. And that 
smell that smell and it make my it makes my mouth water. I go yeah, oh. damn dude. Yeah, that's it, dude. It's mm-hmm. that's it. It sucks, dude. That's, that's what it sucks about nicotine, because I didn't yeah. with drinking. I, I, you know, the the heroin thing. Like sometimes you have dreams about it, but eventually that all goes away too. But yeah, smoking is it, it's terrible. Because yeah. I, I, yeah. still, I still get triggered all the time with nicotine. I can agree. I smelled yeah. it on a run today. I was running, and someone in their backyard off the trail. I was running. I was smoking, and I just caught a whiff of it and went. Yeah, like all the little lights lit up, and I was like, yeah. kind of turned my head and went, "Whoa, hey!" You know, like it was funny. Uh, yeah, it's a Pavlov's dog, man. With yeah, it really is. It yeah, response. It just like, and it's not like it's a it's a pleasurable response. Like your brain immediately dumps like serotonin or whatever mm-hmm. chemical is in your in your bloodstream or in into your head, and you're just like, yeah. oh, I could really go for that, you know. It's the I think it's called L dopa. And I don't mean that in like a Spanish term, like that's like yeah, like the letter L. Yeah. And then so it's it's like the, it's not dopamine itself. It's the little um, it's the uh you're you're excited because it's gonna happen, right? It's the yeah. what's the word I'm looking anticipation. for? Anticipation. Anticipation. You know. Um. Well, I will say this as far as I, so I never I never vaped, but and it's been however many years. It's been it's been several. It it that excitement for secondhand smoke goes away too. Yeah, I'm. It's fucking disgusting to me now. Now I don't. I don't go in people's yeah. faces and cough. I usually just cross the street or you know move away. But like it, that goes away as well. You know, okay. eventually. No, I, and, I, and I figured. I figured that probably would. You know, I, I know that that's probably the case because the more time that goes by, I mean, it's not as strong. But, but right. like I said, it, it still it still you know hits me every once in a while. Not every once in a while, like daily. Mm-hmm. But but yeah. Um, yeah, that's 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 one of the other reasons why it's just the toughest and the, the most gnarly. But at the same time, like I'm I'm super like I mean I, I I'm super proud of myself for it. It's it's really cool. Like it's you really, should be. Yeah, because yeah. be. yeah, I, you, you know I you know me Jerry. I mean I've been I've been a hardcore smoker since I was yeah. 15. You know I mean, straight out the you know I freshman in high school I was hanging out at Caro's before school and smoking half a pack. You know that yeah. was my deal my steam man like and i dude uh, so yeah I'm, I'm i'm stoked about it i am and 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 the health benefits of course but once again that was part of the deal with my teeth man it's like i had to the the guy that was going to work on my teeth kind of said something about it too he's like he didn't even like he, he checked me over made the appointment or just like he was just like well we can't get you in right now we're going to put you on call um give me a call when you quit vaping kind of thing. It was just like, I have a lot of people that I work on. Probably a lot of them are smokers, you know, former smokers and stuff. And he's just like, you let me know when you're serious about getting your shit fixed. And so that was a big part of it too. And so, yeah, I mean, yeah, it was, that was probably the biggest part of it for me though, Jerry, I was going to ask you about the vaping thing because like I started vaping in in that year, my Mm -hmm. teeth, and it was the soda thing, I'm sure. But and my teeth deteriorated something fierce when I picked up the vape pen. Like they did not do that as, you know, the tobacco. I'm sure that there's probably a cumulative effect that took place before that. The damage. Mm-hmm. I mean, the vape, it almost seemed to sort of accelerate the, the deterioration process. At least it did with me. And so, yeah. I mean, like that, I mean, I, I, I had to like, I had to let it go. Cause I mean, I, I don't think the guy would have worked on me if I, if I had. Yeah. But, I didn't uh, experience that. Like I was, I my last dentist appointment was probably I'm actually due really soon. Was about a year ago, and yeah. it was short. 
They were like, your teeth are great. They're, they, my teeth were horrible right when I quit drinking. And when my wife got her job at the school, we all got um, free health insurance, you know? So I went in and got first teeth cleaning in like 20 some years. And they had to pull a tooth out because it abscessed. And I just had them yank it out. But but mm-hmm. last time I went, ones or one of the ones? yeah, one of the back ones. Yeah, so I'm just like flat out missing a tooth back there. But they um, <laughs> they they went and checked me up to make sure I was my gums weren't receding anymore. And they were like, no, you because I floss and shit now. I used yeah. to never floss. Now I floss like once or twice a day. And they're, they're like, your teeth look pretty good, man. Like you're doing good. You're doing a lot better than you were like a year ago. Oh, Dude, I was so freaked out about that dentist appointment i i was so shook that i literally she stopped at a stoplight and i literally considered opening the door and running for my life like i <laughs> literally was gonna do it with my daughter in the car like i looked at her it was almost just like later bitch like i was just like i'm not fucking i really literally i'm not even joking like seriously she hit a stoplight there on 18th and chambers and i was like this is your chance to fucking out here. Oh, oh. i had I, dentist in 20 some years and i was like they're gonna pull every tooth out of my head this is gonna be horrible like my teeth are so garbage from drinking whiskey and cokes all those years and chain smoking and but uh i haven't smoked a cigarette though since like 2016 maybe i've just been vaping since then but even the vaping i really consider quitting it just to not have like you like that last straggler you know megan doesn't even smoke anymore and she she smoked quite a bit too and we're just both vaping away you know just yeah, I, I mean, I, it was, yeah, it didn't, it didn't make it any less difficult to quit, by the way, like, just so yeah. you know, just because. No, I know, and that's why I have that alcoholic, that addict brain that's like, no, no, you're good, you're good, you can manage it, you know? Yeah, well, yeah, no, I, I, I went through the same thing, and, you know, I, I just figured, you know, I, 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 when I first got on the vape thing, I, I sort of convinced myself that it was a stepping stone to quitting. That's you know, what I'm alcohol. telling myself, yeah. And, and so, but, but then it was, you know, I got to the point where it's like, okay, you got to follow through with it, you know, or, or you're just going to, you know, keep on. Right. So I, it was, like I said, me kind of calling myself out on it and not, and I'm not judging you. By the no, way. I know. Yeah. This, I think that was too, the person that, you know, when they invented the, the idea behind vape was to help you step down. And it was yes. like that law of unintended consequences where now everybody's hooked on the vape and, you know, it's, it's got that nicotine, man. You know what yeah. I mean? Like that shit's a motherfucker. Well, and the, and the thing with me is, too, the way that my, you know, the way that my addiction kind of thing works is that it, it sort of got, I mean, it ran away with me a little bit because I figured, you know, there's there's less kind of uh, physical consequences, like your lungs don't hurt as much and things like that. And right. so exactly. I found myself, and it's and it's way more ubiquitous, that is to say, like, I get away with it anywhere, you know, like I, I was smoking in my bedroom, you know, or using it in my bedroom or whatever, and that was like it, to me, that was just like awesome. You know, I can, I can, I can use nicotine inside again. This is great. Yeah. And so I had it all the time, like hard. You know, and so my my actual intake of nicotine probably, you know, it probably tripled. You know, yeah. <laughs> in those first like three or four months, like my my intake, you know, or the the way that I was using nicotine probably, you know, um, well, it did probably it most certainly because I tracked it. You know, I could, yeah. I, you know. I knew how much I was using. I knew how much, you know, was equivalent equivalency as far as like cigarettes goes. And so mm-hmm. my actual nicotine uh, intake, you know, it just, it went up exponentially. And so, mm. and that's the way my shit works is like, it's good. I can get away with it. I'll get away with as much as I can, you know? Yeah. <laughs> yeah. yeah, yeah. So, and I think it's just and, and too it made that. It, it made it that much harder when it came to the actual quitting. It's like, now you're, you're not stepping down from cigarettes. You're actually, you know, you're, you're going cold turkey from 
from what was a pack a day habit to like a four pack a day habit, you know. This Damn. is really interesting because it's almost like we have three different aspects of addiction in this this talk right now because you have John who like kind of binges it and overdoes it and then you have you who can get away with as much as you can and you have me who like meters it out yeah and, like you know what I mean does it like mm-hmm. disciplined like has my rules and my like a medicated kind of way you know yeah you you, you have your dosages too which I yeah, always exactly have my dosage also but like I always exceeded my dosage like yeah I, I was one of those you know I, I would go to the bar and say okay I'll have two beers and two shots and then I'll go home well and I, and, I, and I always had those two beers and two shots, but then, you know, I never, I always exceeded the dosage. You know, I, I drank as much as I could get away with, you know, that, that was, that's just how I, it's how I roll. Well, and I, then the dosage has to, to step up because the treatment yeah. doesn't work anymore. Right. right. You know, that's, yeah, exactly. The, you know, the dosage is always, you know, stepping itself up and then you're always exceeding it. That's, that's, you know, that's just how, it, yeah, you're right, Jerry. We all have our kind of Interesting. Our little idiosyncrasies, you know? Yeah. yeah. Well, and I, I think, too, that that, you know, we talk about like dental work and stuff like that. Like it is such a um, I mean, being able to smile and feel comfortable about it and feel good about it because, you know, or being able to like eat something yeah. regular and not have pain. Right. Like yeah. that was a, that was a huge thing for me to finally get my shit together and get the things that were not like teeth that were loose and teeth that were broken and like all this shit, you know. And so it's and the fucking whiskey and the sugar. And the nicotine, like you do that shit long enough, you're gonna have summer teeth, man. You're gonna have summer yeah. there, summer here, <laughs> summer gone. <laughs> like get them fucking summer teeth, man. <laughs> Dude, I, I'm straight. Like I, I'm, you know, I definitely. I got, you know, I'm missing a couple now too. I got some teeth. I got some summer teeth, buddy. Like, <laughs> but they're AWOL. But yeah. but what I'm saying is, like, you have. Unfortunately, it, it always comes to us, to, you know, to that point of pain. But you're like, okay, this is important, but yeah. it's also this is, can be fixed and this can be healed. Right. And like that's the thing that like you go, okay, I can do something about it because what's the thing that causes us to fucking dive into our addictions is like that l- the level of helplessness and that it just doesn't matter. Yeah, yeah, that's and so, hopelessness and helplessness for helplessness, sure. Yeah. Yeah. And, you know, I, I was thinking about this too, John, and part, part of the, part of paying the price, you know, which it, it is very expensive too. And I paid mine off, thankfully, what I've had done so far, I was really fortunate to get like a couple of big jobs right in a row. And they gave me a year to pay off this thing. And I paid it off uh, two weeks ago, three weeks ago. Rad. Just, I, I knuckled down and knocked this out. I don't got shit right now. Like, mm-hmm. you know, but I got it done, paid off, like done. And part of it, like part of getting it together, part of doing that and actually going through with it, even though it sucks, like I had to have osseous surgery, um, which is really, if you, I, I mean, I'm not going to go too far into it, but it's really awful stuff. They basically cut your gums all the way down to the bone and they shave out everything that's infected and they shave the bone down some, the pockets, and then they sew your gums back together. So you have a lot less gums or whatever, but it's mm-hmm. a really in- surgery. Mm-hmm process and it's really not damn um and it's really painful and it's you know uh but anyway aside from all that part of that going through all of that and then getting it you know the 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 physical or the physical pain and the expense and all that part of that is making amends to yourself also though to get done with it and to get on the other side of it and to go through it to begin with takes a level of you know i mean there's some dedication there and there's some dedication to self to the to the you know the healing of yourself to the making better of yourself, you know, 
which is it's it sucks and it's expensive but at the same time it, it's almost like making amends to yourself you know what i mean like mm-hmm. it, yeah that you do for you know some of the other people that you've heard along the way that's something that you can do for yourself to make amends to yourself for some of the damage that you've done and you know the pain that you've caused yourself you know so it's if you look at it that way it, it actually you know you can make it into sort of a sort of a positive thing too which which i've tried to do because it's, it, it it was pretty awful and you know <laughs> And for me, you know, to make that money, like the, the it was just as painful to give that money. It, it yeah. was to like sit down and, and let somebody cut on me, you know, I mean. Yeah. But I mean, that that last payment a couple of weeks ago must have felt great. It did. It did. Yeah. I, it, I mean, it didn't. It didn't. It, it's it's always hard to it's because it, it, I, you know, I I mean, most of the time my boss pays me in cash. So, I, you know, I, I'm taking this big fat wad of like bills, you know, and just like mm-hmm. handing it over. It's yeah. Just, yeah. Yeah, I'm not gonna. I can't stress this enough. <clears throat> hurts to do that. <laughs> yeah. So, but at the same time, yeah, you're right. It did. It felt good. It felt good to have it not hanging over my head. So yeah. that's the, the payoff is that it's not there anymore, and it's not. And I'm and I'm one of those people that I hate to be in debt. Like, of all the crap that I've done, you know, I mean, I've never financially found myself in. Like that's probably the biggest financial hole I've ever been in, and we're only talking. Mm-hmm. 45 five five grand probably right around five mm-hmm. so uh, but you know being that as a nail like I, i'm just I'm, I'm not comfortable being in debt i hate it i hate that feeling it yeah just the willies you know yeah well that's my next step too um is digging myself out of that hole so yes yeah. but i mean yeah once you once you get out too it's it, you know i mean it, it it lets your it lets you worry about everything else which (laughs) there's a lot to worry about you know there's like i said i'm very challenged right now i'm finding myself you know i'm glad i got to talk to you guys because it always makes me Mm -hmm. feel but i've been pretty anxious right now and it's not going to go away until after the election and probably not even then depending on how it shakes out you know Mm -hmm. i can relate worse yeah, I can absolutely it's, relate. I mean, and not to get, you know, what uh, to keep it kind of ambiguous, but I've definitely looked at, try to keep it ambiguous, but I've looked at my wife and been like, dude, we might have to get passports. Like, I really am considering that. And she's like, oh, you're being hyperbolic. And I'm like, no, I really am considering getting a passport because I don't know where we're going to be. You know, it's kind of scary. I, I have a lot of anxiety around it, too. Yeah, no, it's, yeah, I'm, I'm, I'm super anxious. I've never been this anxious about, like, actual, you know, like, shit. yeah like world events or you know our country never felt as anxious as i do we're gonna have to start that fishing village in fucking mexico dude (laughs) yeah go work on a shrimp boat you know baja dude dude my brother's so lucky his wife um and i didn't even realize this the the woman that he married she has dual citizenship she has a she has a um, italian passport she's an italian citizen also oh right on so like and and she she actually like uh they have this thing where i mean basically you just you apply for uh dual citizenship if you get married you know mm-hmm. and they take they take forever to like it takes like two years to process it but you just get in line and yeah. then if you marry somebody who's oh, an italian yeah. citizen they just eventually they process you and you're an italian citizen too well she did that when they first got married so my brother and his son now they they can you know just like you guys man you can they can, so, they can up to Italy if they don't, you know, things get weird. I do want to kind of end this on a high note a oh. little bit if I can. And um, so because I have the same exact fears and paranoias and I get anxious and I've been like trying to process all this stuff about, you know, we've had conversations about, well, 
how many how many bags of rice do I need? If I have sixty bags, will I feel safe then? And like yeah, like I start getting into this kind of thinking about like oh my god, and what do I need? And how soon before my neighbor comes with a gun because his children are starving and takes all my rice, right? Like, but I look around and I go, okay, so what's going on right now today? I go, okay, it's beautiful outside. It's a little hot, but whatever. <laughs> There's you know like I have I have persimmons and figs growing on the side of the house. I have, I'm going to go make some money and go to a job. I got a little bit of pain, but I feel good. Like I'm sober. And it's like, I can't, I have to do the, you know, the one day at a time, the one hour at a time, the one breath at a time. And like, I really have to see like, what can I control? Because all the things that I'm worried about for the next two months and then the next six months and then the next six years, like I can't control those things. I literally cannot. Yeah. I mean, it doesn't hurt to have a passport. I have one, um, yeah. you know, but like that's something you can control, at least if that's if that's a concern, if that's the first step, then maybe do that. But um, it only costs 100 bucks and you can get it done at the post office, at least, you know, <laughs> and there's see, you know, like it's 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 you're right. It's a fucking scary world. But like I have to really focus in on the things that I can control. Right. No, you're absolutely right, John. You're absolutely right. And, and as far as, you know, everything else goes, it's, it's like, you know, the only thing that I can do is cast my vote and, mm -hmm. you know, that's it. And, and so, and then, you know, of course, try to make sure that it gets counted or whatever, but, but there's only so much we can do on that end too. And it, you're right. I mean, you just kind of have to have a little bit of faith that everybody else, you know, will, you know, do the same thing and, and the process will be the process and it will, will go through it. And, and really, you know, I mean, it's all over, but the crying anyway. I mean, so every, and I don't really know anybody who hasn't made up their mind about it already. So the, it's kind of like, you know, if you really think about it, it's already said and done, you know, I mean, mm -hmm. yeah, <laughs> so right. right. Do is just take care of what you can take care of. And, and that's it. And I try to think about that too, John. Um, I do. I do. <sighs> and, and, and of course you're right that, you know, that there's only, that's, all you can do is, and, and you're right, that's the message that other people who are, you know, wrestling with sobriety and, and wrestling with issues like this, or they, they don't need to hear about how bad things are. They don't need to hear about how scary and how messed up everything is. They just need to yeah. hear, you know, just, I'll just go with, like you said, the one breath at a time, one day at a time kind of thing. Cause that's really, hard. it's true. I mean, I don't know. It's a good reminder for me too. Like I, I've, I've been getting a little, I've been getting a little crazy in my mind lately, and and no, it's I've easy to there, do man. when it's 115 yeah. out. I mean, I hear you. Yeah, you know what? And then as soon as the weather breaks, man, I'm gonna get back into the, you know, my my exercise routine. I can't wait to do it. I'm literally like chomping at the bit, man. Yeah. And you know, come come, you know, November, I'm gonna be like, wow, it's so awesome that I live in Arizona because everybody else is. <laughs> right now and i'm totally gonna forget about this I, I don't know though man i'm gonna try not to forget about this summer i have this really bad feeling that they're just gonna and and they have just in the you know the 10 years that i've been here eight years that i've been here it's worse every year and next year it's not gonna be better it's gonna be worse like no. you just gotta remember that you know well just we just do our best with what we have right now i mean i, yeah. I know that that's that doesn't seem like a lot when it's fucking oppressively hot outside. Um, but I mean, <laughs> no, it, it'll break sooner or later. It has to like, it, yeah. you know, the, the earth spins on a, you know, on a, on a on a path It goes around the sun in this path. And so, you know, it can't last forever. It's gotta, it's gotta break sooner or later. And that goes for everything in this world. It can't last forever. So I'm going to fucking try and enjoy it at least a little bit today. 
Um, even if I don't go out and did we even talk about a letter today? You guys didn't talk about a letter. What, what was the letter today? Well, uh, since we didn't talk about it, I guess K can be for kitchen sink. <laughs> we would just talk oh, about whatever. God damn! See this shit? This is this old Johnny cracking through again. Is it? Is it? Is it K? Because yeah, we did. I, when the first time or the the time I came on the podcast the last time, I think the letter was K. Was it not? Yep. Yeah. Yeah. Oh. Huh. So. God, it's keep all, it up it's with all Coda. part of my keep it up with Coda. It was all part of my plan. Um. <laughs> but yeah. Well, thank you, Coda, for doing yeah, this with us. Thank you, guys. Man. Like, like I said, you, you guys were helping me out with my sanity, really. Uh, I was just wanted to you know, talk to you. And you're like, hey, come on the podcast again. I was like, okay, great. I really just wanted to kind of talk to you as like a friend and stuff. To keep yeah. <laughs> but yeah, that's cool. I can, I can wait two weeks to like chill with you guys, whatever. <clears throat> well, we can, we, can, we, can have a little, we can have a Skype date anytime you want. Uh, I'm gonna hold you to that, John. John's gonna right. record it though, and it's gonna go on the Patreon. Ah, <laughs> <laughs> oh, all right. Enough monetizing my fucking sobriety for today. Yeah. Uh, and everyone else's. Um. All right, you guys. Thank you, all both. Right, man. All right, yeah, thank you. Thanks again for listening. Our music, as always, is by Neglect. You can find more of his stuff at neglect.bandcamp.com. And you can find us on all social media platforms that matter. Instagram, Facebook, and Twitter. And you can reach us at aisforalcoholic at gmail.com. Talk to you later. Yeah.